All right, so be careful when you go in the gym because every guy in here is going to be trying to throw all kinds of things at basketball goals, so just be careful. Hey, I'm glad you're here tonight. We are talking about a subject, um, and we're using something everybody gets, and we're just calling it a, a road trip. Uh, and let me tell you something about road trips I think we all know to be true. Uh, the thing that, about road trips that we all know to be true is this. It doesn't, the most important part of a road trip is not the snack options. It's not even what you're riding in. The most important thing when it comes to a road trip is this. It's, it's who you're traveling with. Because that makes or breaks any trip where you are sitting for hours uh, somewhere. It just makes the trip. A long road trip can be torture if you're with the wrong people, all right? It just can be totally torturous. It'd be horrible. It's, you don't want to be around. You want to be out of the car. It's just not fun. Uh, but it's the same thing. If you go the same distance and there's awesome people in the car with you or the van with you or whatever you're riding, it, it, it can be amazing, all right? The longest road trip I was ever on as a kid, I got a picture of it. I went to Google today. Uh, we, I went from, I lived, grew up in Fort Myers, Florida, way down there in Fort Myers, like way down in the uh, coast of Florida, all right? One summer, my parents had the bright idea, hey, let's drive to Yellowstone National Park. Amazing place, all right? I think it's like 2,456 miles, 37 hours. The bad news is this. I had a younger sister who was two years younger than me, all right? Two years younger, and man, we're cool now, but back in the day, we fought. I mean, I'm talking like cats and dogs. It was ugly. Um, we made the whole thing. Maybe you've been in the back seat with somebody, and you're like, okay, there's a line here, and don't cross it, or something bad's gonna happen, and we had that going on. It was just horrible. It got so bad one time. If you ever go on a road trip, never do this. Um, it got so bad, and like my parents were the kind like threatened, I'll pull this car over. Anybody ever heard that from your parents? I pull this car over? Yeah. Uh, my dad did pull a car over. Uh, I made a big mistake. Some of you have told the story too before. I made a big mistake, and when he got out, I locked the car doors. Um, never do that, okay? Promise me. Just never do that. <clears throat> if you remember that tonight, you're gonna, it'll be a good time for you. But, man, here's the thing. <clears throat> We've all been there. We've all been stuck in a car. We've all been stuck for hours, we've all had those times where we're in enclosed space for hours and we're next to that person that drives us totally, absolutely crazy where we want to kill or maim or hurt someone. We've just all been there. And here's the thing. What we're talking about here in the, in the, in the road trip, it's just as true for life. The right people, like if you get the right people in your life, it can nearly make or break every experience. If you're going through life with good people who love you and care for you and people who are in your corner, it makes life so much better if you uh, are with the right people doing life. If you're road tripping through life with the right people, it just makes it so much better. But the question tonight is this, how do you pick those people? How do you pick who's going to be on this journey uh, which we call life through middle school or high school or through adulthood. Like, how do we pick those people who are going to be on the journey with us? Not just for a road trip, but people you're going to do life with. Like, like how do you pick those people? That's what we're going to look at a little bit tonight and, and talk about a little bit tonight. Because here's the thing. Most of us, we pick people who are a lot like us. We just do. 
And we pick people who are similar to us, maybe have the same background as us, maybe they go to the same school as us. We just have all these things where it's very, very similar, and we just like it. Maybe your music tastes are different. Maybe like you, uh, they like hip-hop, and you're more of a country person, but you can still get along. It's all right. You know, you'll be okay. There's all these things that we have in common when it goes there. And we look at most of the people we spend time with. If you look at the people in your group who you're doing this road trip of life with, a lot of times... They're a lot alike. Like everybody on the trip is, we're the same. Same likes, same dislikes. And it makes sense if your friends are similar to you. It just does. I'm not saying you got to go pick a bunch of different people and make them your friend. Um, there, there's definitely good things about that. But many times when we're choosing our friends, they just happen to be people we have things in common with. But the problem with that is this. There's a lot of people we, we leave out. A lot of people who'd be great to have on this journey with us, and we're like, a little different. I don't think you can be on the journey. Because here's what happens. We stick with the people who are like us because it's less conflict. We don't have to argue about things. Like when they grab the aux cord to play some music, you don't have to argue with it because you know it's going to be something good. You don't have to argue about what's going on because they like the same things as you. You don't have to argue about what movie you want to watch because it's like they're in the same wheelhouse as you, and the same likes and dislikes. So it makes conflict go down a little bit. But, but here's the thing. <clears throat> There's less conflict because... You like Call of Duty, they like Call of Duty. There's less conflict, you're a cheerleader, they're a cheerleader. There's less conflict, that they're in the band, you're in the band. There's less conflict, you play sports, they play sports. And it's just one of those things. You're in the same grade, you, they go to the same, same school, same school. And it just happens that way. And it's just, we go to our own entrance and we feel validated and worthy because other people, basically, we like people who like us. And many times we'll drift away from other people. Or not even act like that they're there. There's people who are just different from us. Maybe for you, that's you don't want to be around people who are chasing after the popularity thing. Like, you can't stand that. Like, you already see it in school, and you're like, that's the farthest thing you want to be, and you just want to be nowhere near anybody who's, who's chasing after uh, popular. Maybe it's super smart people, and you're like, that's not the crowd I'm running with because they're super smart, and they'll find out that I'm a big, dumb animal, and it's not going to work out, right? Um, it just happens that way. <clears throat> Maybe for you, it's re the religious crowd. You're like, it, it, please, I'm here tonight because my friend asked me, but please don't make me hang out with religious people. I, I just don't want to be a part of that. For, for some people, it's, it's, it's people who um, are not the religious crowd. Like if they are not religious and you want nothing to be with them. Uh, for some of you, it's, it's sports. And like if they're not athletic, then, then we really, it's not gonna work. For some of us, it's like, they like cats, all right? And I just can't, sorry, I was personal in there. Uh, uh, I'm just joking there. We can still be friends, all right? Deep down, here's the thing. Deep down, we know this, that being different doesn't make somebody bad. It doesn't make somebody less. Uh, it doesn't somehow, you know, say that they're not equal to us. It's just somehow we just drift away from people who are different than us. But we just do that. So as a result, we're uncomfortable with people who dress different than us. We're just uncomfortable around them a little bit. 
For, for, what happens is this, people who don't talk like us, we're, we're a little less comfortable with people who, who, who talk like, like we would talk or like you would talk. We, we're just a little different than people who don't believe what I believe. Like, I can't get near that. Like, there's so many people who do that. Like, people who don't think like us or people who don't look like you. All these things, ultimately, thinking that way eliminates a lot of people from people who we could be doing life with if we just start eliminating people because they're not like me. They don't think like me. They're not my crew. They're not the people I hang with. We just start eliminating people. So what do we do? What in the world do we do with people who are simply just different from you? And what do I do with people who are just different than me? What do we do? In this series, we've been looking at a road trip. It's a guy who road tripped a lot. His name is Paul. We've been looking at his story. The first night we started with this road trip where he was totally against Christians, um, hated them, we're throwing them in jail, we're like, yeah, kill them, that's cool, and he meets Jesus and everything changes. He's with his entourage going to Damascus, he's with his people on the road trip, people um, on a road trip, that's what he's doing, he's on a road trip, and he meets Jesus, this bright light, and everything changes for him. And the cool thing about this is this, when Paul meets Jesus, his road trip partners change. They just do. And Paul meets all these people who he probably never would have befriended if it wasn't for him coming to know Jesus. He hangs out with all these crazy people he, he never would have hung out with if it wasn't for Jesus. It just changes the group of people that he, he wants around him. It changes. Not everybody's like him in the group anymore. So I want to read this story, and, and there's a bunch of uh, really weird names and stuff like that, but just hang with me. Here's what happens. Uh, Paul, there was an uproar in the city where he was, and it had ended. So Paul sent them for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said goodbye, and he set out for Macedonia. It's in Greece, modern-day Greece. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally he arrived in Greece, where he stayed there for three months. Because some of the Jews had plotted against him, just as he was about to go to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. Here's the people he was road tripping with. Here's the people on the journey with him. And the cool thing about it is they're from all over the place. A dude named Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea. Aristarchus. I don't know if he liked to cuss. I don't know why he called that. It's his name. Another guy named Secondus, I guess he never finished in first place, like, I'm just Secondus, I'm always second place. He's from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy, also Ty, and Trophimus from the province of Asia. So these are the people in the car, well, probably not car for him, maybe walking, or these are the guys riding with the camels next to him, or the donkeys, whatever he was, he was uh, riding in. These are the people that were on the road trip with Paul. And I know these names tonight, you're like, just some weird names, Brian. It's really irrelevant. But I think it's actually very, very relevant. But I think that God's trying to tell us here and point us to is this, that you know what? Maybe we should invite some other people on the, the journey with us. If you look at it, these guys are from all over the place. These guys are from all over the place. There's a couple of guys. Um, there's a couple of guys that were from Greece. I mean, this didn't look like... 
Paul's original entourage when he's on the way to Damascus. Probably all those guys thought like him, looked like him, talked like him. Now he is hanging with these five guys who are from all over the map. And I love, I love that this is pointed out. Three guys from northern Greece, another one from Galatia, two were from a city near, near Ephesus. Paul was no longer surrounded by a bunch of identical people. Each friend had his own specific background in this culture group. It looks like heaven to me. Heaven talks about this. It's going to be this place where every tongue, tribe, and nation, all kinds of people are going to be in heaven. And that's what I love about it. It's going to be great. So why does Paul go from hanging with everybody just like him? having people from all over the map. See, when Paul met Jesus, he began to understand who Jesus was and how much Jesus loves everyone. He doesn't just love people just like you. He doesn't love just old people like me. He doesn't just love uh, people from here or this town or this country. That Jesus loves all of humanity, and it changed the way that Paul saw people. Like he didn't see people the same way. He just didn't because his, this happens. When we see the love, of Jesus, the love Jesus has for people, it should change the love we have for people. And Paul gets this. He sees how great God's love is. And he's like, dude, mine must be the same. I cannot cross people off. I have to be all in and loving all kinds of people. Later, he writes to a group in Colossae. He's always writing to these churches, just trying to, to help them sharpen and be better at what they're doing. And I love these words he says. <clears throat> Here, he's talking to Colossae, he says, it's a really cool statement, I love it. Here, there is no, and he starts rattling off some things, like you would rattle off groups of people, and he says, man, there's no Gentiles, there's no Jews, these are people groups, there's no circumcised or uncircumcised, there's no barbarian, there's no Scythian, I don't even know how to say that, there's no slave, there's no free, but this is what I love about it, but Christ is all. And he's in all. See, Paul's community is much like ours, and there's categories of people. If we were to go around the room and say, okay, give me some categories of people who are at your school or on your team or in your neighborhood or that you've seen here in town, you've seen at Kroger or Walmart, whatever it is, tell me some people. <clears throat> and Paul says this. You know what? In the church, here, there's none of that. Paul's like, that's not a game we play. Paul says, this is not how we're going to run things at the church. We're not going to be putting people in categories, and we're not going to be bracketing people, and we're not going to say, you're this and you're that. We're just not going to play that. Here, there is no. And I love that Paul said that. Paul's not saying the categories don't exist. He names the categories. He's not saying they don't exist, and we're not saying tonight that, that jocks don't exist and that people who, who are banned people don't exist and, and, and chorus people, that those don't exist, whatever it may be, whatever category you want to put people in. He's not saying they don't exist. He's saying this. It don't matter. It doesn't matter that we are one in Christ, and I love that about Paul. Because when you put Christ on it, it knocks off every other category on the list. What if this place, where some of you come every Wednesday night and Sundays and whenever you come, what if this place said, you know what, you know here at Galilee Church when people roll up in here, you know what, there's no outsiders. 
There's no insiders. You know what, when I go to Revolution or I go something else going on there, you know what, there's no nerds, there's no band geeks, there's no jocks, there's no popular, there's no unpopular, there's no loud, there's no quiet, there's no beautiful, there's no ugly. What in the world, what if we could have a place like Paul's talking about, we say, you know what, the world's going to put all these labels on people, but this is going to be a place where we don't. Because, man, that's what the church is supposed to be. That's one thing I hated about school, man. In middle school, there was all these labels that were put on me. In high school, there were all these labels that people put on me, and it, it crushed me many times. You know, the one place I could go, and many times there wasn't a label on me, was, was church. I just I felt the love. Man, I, I want this place, when you come here, to be a safe place. This should not be a place where, where you get made fun of. This should not be a place where you get clowned. This should not be a place where you get bullied. This should not be a place where you get a, t- a title put on you. Except Christian. Except Christ. This Saturday I got an email. It's already been kind of a, a rough weekend for me with my dad doing all, you know, heart stuff. And I'm down there and just, I'm happy as well, but still a little bit of stress thing just because it's, it's scary, you know. I get this email, I'm reading it from a parent from here at the church, and, um, and they're like, yeah, my, my son doesn't want to come Wednesday nights anymore. There's a couple guys there called in some names who bullied him a little bit. I mean, that just broke my heart. Man, it breaks my heart. Because that's not what this place is. And Paul says, man, that's not what the church is. There's none of that. We are one. We are one. That's what he continues to preach and talk about. Man, we've got to be better than that. It made me angry at the time. I was really, really mad. But, man, we've got to be better. and We've got to say, you know what? There's no outsiders, insiders, jocks, nerds, none of that. You know what there is here? We're just one. We're all the same. No matter what you look like, where you come from, what sports you play, <laughs> what your GPA is, it does not matter. We are one, and that's what we want this place to be. Paul goes on to tell us, okay, here's one way you can do it. And, and students tonight, I want you to go home with this tonight. Here's one way that you and I can be better at this and not label people and put them into categories. And he talks about this in Colossians. Paul says these words. Paul writes all kinds of things. He just says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, and that's what we are. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, we are chosen. Every single one of you are chosen people. Holy and we're dearly loved. This is great news. And he says this, clothe yourself. All of you tonight, clothe yourself. Thank you, okay, for doing that. Um, we appreciate that. Be a little awkward. Um, we're, we're just glad you've done that. But here's the thing: he's using this picture. Paul's using this picture like he always does, and I love when he gives us his object lesson. He says, "Hey, every day, here's what I want you to do. I want you to clothe yourself, and not just with what you're wearing tonight. Here's what I want you to clothe yourself with. Like every day when you get up in the morning, here's what I want you to throw on: some compassion." Man, what would happen if every day, instead of going to places where there's labels all day and coming here where there's label, what if every day you say, you know what, today I'm going to put on some compassion. I am going to, that's what I'm going to be. Because compassion is this word that is an action word. It's not just saying, oh, I, I want to love and care for people. Compassion is actually doing it. 
You see, compassion is, says this, I care about you. Compassion moves us. What if every day you, you threw some kindness on? Because, man, this world needs some poor people to throw that shirt on. This world needs some more people to, to put on the jacket of kindness, put on the hat of it, do something. There's a lot of people in this world that need to be having that on them. Kindness just says this, you know what? I'll help you. I care for you. You matter. What if every day you started throwing these things on and you said, you know what, I'm not going to label people. I'm just going to be about other people because that's what Jesus was. I'm going to throw on some compassion. I'm going to throw on some kindness. I'm going to throw on some humility. Like I'm not better than you. Maybe we, we really need to put that on many times. Like what if every day you were just putting that on your outfit and saying, I'm going to be humble today. I'm not going to be about myself. I'm going to be humble these are things that connect people, man. If we would just clothe ourselves with these things. What if every day you put on some gentleness and said, I'm not going to bully you. I'm not going to berate you. I'm not going to say mean things to you. I'm going to be gentle, and I'm going to just simply do that. What if we put on patience every day and said, you know what? You made a mistake. It's cool. It's all right. You're not out of the crew. What if we were, were more patient and said, you're a little slower at this? It's okay. We'll move slower too. Man, Paul gives us some simple things to just say, you know what? You matter. So in closing tonight, here's the thing. You and I cannot dictate how someone treats us. We just can't. I would love to control the way everyone in the world treated me, but I can't do it. But you know what I can control? And what you can control is this. You can decide how you're going to treat other people. You can decide that tonight to say, you know what, there's been a couple times here where I've, I've really, whether it's shooting hoops or been outside or whatever it is, and I've just really treated people badly, and I, I want to be better at that. There's times where I stay in my clique, and I want to be better at that. I want to actually talk some more people, let some more people into the road trip with me, and maybe we need to do a little better there. We can de decide how we're going to treat others, doesn't matter how we are treated. As your faith grows during this this road trip. The faith journey is this, it's this long road, it's this journey that we've been talking about. What are you going to do with people who are different from you? How are you going to react? Paul says, they're not different, they're, they're one. What are you going to do when there's different people around you? My hope and prayer is that you'll treat them like they matter because here's the thing, they do. They're not as cool as you, fast as you, as pretty as you. Guess what? And they matter. Because everyone matters in God's eyes. Why don't you treat them like they're someone? Because they are someone. They just are. I want to challenge you in the next few weeks and the rest of your life. Find some people who are different from you. Look around your house. Maybe it's there. Look around your classroom, look around your team, look around your neighborhood, look around if you have a job, wherever it is, wherever it is you, you go, look around your, your church, and would you just treat some people like they matter, and stop labeling people, because Paul says, man, that's got to stop, that's got to stop, we are one, we are not these other things, we are one, I want to challenge you, man, would you help this be a safe place? Would you help this be a place of love where we are going to be about accepting and not labeling? Where we're going to be about saying, you matter, and you matter to us, and you matter to God. I'm going to pray. 
I'm gonna give you a quick instruction after that. Let's pray. God, you're good to us, and uh, God, help us be better at this. Like the people we journey through in life, it's an important thing. The friends we choose, the people we choose to surround ourselves with, it's an important thing. And Lord, I pray that we just not exclude people because they're not like us. Lord, I thank you for Paul, and he just reminds us that, man, there's none of that. Like, there's none of this label stuff going on in church. It's just not about that. It's a place where we're supposed to be accepted. Man, help us to drop that, God. Would you help us to fight that? Would you help us to tell people that they matter? Would you help us every day to put on these things that the world needs more of? Man, the world needs so much compassion and the world needs so much more kindness and gentleness. The world needs so much more humility and needs more of you. God, would you help us to clothe ourselves that way? Because the world needs so much more of it. God, thank you for showing us that, that, you, that we matter by sending your only son to die for us on the cross. It's a large thing. It says, man, we really are valuable. We really do matter. We thank you for that. And help us to, to tell other people the same. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We pray all this in Jesus' good name.